This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am sitting in my home with a group of awesome people for a fun, obsessed tradition. For the last several years, every December, a uh, new Star Wars movie has come out and I have gathered with a specific group of people to talk about it here on Obsessed. We've done it before. It's a live show. Uh, live show didn't happen this year for a bunch of different reasons, but we are here we are live, alive, in my apartment, and we are going to talk all about The Last Jedi. Uh, in the past, uh, we've done Force Awakens, we've done Rogue One. When we did Rogue One, Mike Drucker joined us. Unfortunately, Mike Drucker is not in town, so he is not here, but the original gang is. First up, he is a podcaster, comedian, and producer of Never Not Funny. It's Matt Belknap. Hello. 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 Oh, thanks. Thank you for being here live in my apartment. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm very committed to this tradition, as you can tell by my BB-8 Stein. <laughs> yes, when you hear a clanking noise, it's because Matt has drank out of his BB-8 I have Stein. A, yeah, here, here's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's, a, it's a spherical cup to drink out of. Who doesn't want that? I got this for Christmas, and this is the first time I've used it. It feels so. like what really messes you up is the lid that hangs off of mm-hmm. it, that hits you in the head every time you take yeah, a drink. Yeah, I'm definitely going to sustain a head injury on this thing. And with uh, a less violent drinking wear, <laughs> our next guest is a comedian, a podcaster, and a big fan of both Doctor Who and Star Wars. It's Riley Silverman. Hello. Hello. Thank you for being here. I am drinking out of a Scrimshaw glass that says Scrimshaw on it. So. Yeah, yeah, nice. for the subpar Scrimshaw beer, yeah. but it's still delightful to have a glass that screams my name when I drink beer out of it. Yeah. Scrimshaw! <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, a writer, an actor, host of Sending the Wolf podcast, it's Clark Wolf. Hello! Hello, what are you drinking out of? I'm drinking out of a mug that came to me from 7-Eleven, because, because I told the world that they have the best ice cream, and they do, and so then they started sending me little presents, like an Oreo Whoa. mug. Oh, wow. Uh, and so now I drink out of this for my water because it keeps my water super cold. Nice. Okay, they send you, like, in the mail? Yes. Or is it like you come into 7-Eleven, like, oh, Clark, the woman <laughs> oh, who talks here. positive about us. No, it's, it's in the mail. And this is, they actually tried to surprise me on Friday with ice cream. And okay, they that sent- sounds terrifying they to be surprised by 7-Eleven. to the wrong address. Aww. And so it had to get thrown away. Aww. And I was so sad because that was the one thing that I love the most about them. <laughs> I am obsessed with their ice cream. Okay, well, we'll have you on to talk 7-Eleven ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a long show. <laughs> I feel a little sad for 7-Eleven that they don't have enough self-confidence to send you actual 7-Eleven swag. You, yeah. know what's, you know what's funny about that is actually they were promoting Oreo... Uh, Hot chocolate, like mint. Oh, hot, oh and that machine in there. Yes, yeah. and okay. so, 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 hence the mug that hot things are supposed to go into. Yeah, but yeah. I use it for cold things. Okay. Is it one of those like metal lines? So the, yes. I, my, my roommate gave me one of those recently, and I couldn't believe how hot my coffee stayed. Yeah, like it was like yeah. ridiculous. My liquids stay very cold. <laughs> Suspicious. Give us money, Seven yeah. Eleven. <laughs> yeah, Riley's so we love your Seven Eleven. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna get into the Last Jedi. Uh, people who uh, know me from my Force Center podcast that I co-host with Ken Napsack and Jennifer. Landa, we have talked for hours about The Last Jedi. <laughs> deep, deep discussion and analysis. We are going to get into like our, our opinions and our feelings about The Last Jedi, but as is our way here on Obsessed, we're going to have some fun and weird questions along the way as well. But I want to start with just your basic reaction to the movie, because the Obsessed podcast doesn't necessarily mean guests are obsessed. It means they're on a spectrum of obsessed, <laughs> which is just well fine. Said. Uh, so Matt, starting with you, what is your general reaction to The Last Jedi? Oh boy, I mean, it's so complicated. Like I, I was doing my best to not 
try to get too excited about it, but everything I was hearing was like, oh my God, this sounds like it's going to be incredible. I went first show Thursday that when it was opening, I, my wife and, and my daughter, uh, and uh, it was... N- I don't know. It, it, my, my first impression was like massive, massive disappointment. Oh, and, wow. And okay. Sadness and confusion. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, I just I just thought like it was it was just kind of a mess and all over the place and crazy and and weird and tonally wrong a lot, a lot of in a lot of places. And, that, you know, but I also thought the ending was incredible. Like I okay. thought there were certain sequences that were mind blowingly great. And uh, and then like I took like a couple of weeks to like. I, I actually like kind of sunk into a bit of a, a mild depression about it because I was just <laughs> you like you can always call me. <laughs> I probably should have. Uh, it's it's also seasonal. Like every Christmas, I get a little bit down just because okay. it's a weird time of year. Um, you know, there's so many expectations and things are weird. There, you know, uh, like personal stuff that I won't get into from my childhood makes Christmas a hard time for me sometimes. So, uh, so it was all tied together with that. But my daughter loved it. Oh, she's nice. Like, she's like my conduit to like accessing the correct emotions and responses to, <laughs> to Star Wars, or really to anything. Right. Because like, she's seeing it the way I want to see all Star Wars movies. And with, I would imagine, less baggage. Exactly, yeah. And, and just taking it, at fa- taking it for what it is and not for what your mind has concocted for yeah. what you want it to be. So anyway, that, that all happened. And then... I think it was really like maybe two weeks before I uh, found my way back to seeing it again, and then I, and I went a second time again with my daughter, and I, I loved it. Like yeah. I, I really had like built up a lot of like I'd, I'd been arguing with myself in my mind. I'd been <laughs> texting with my college roommate, who's like a huge Star Wars fan too, uh, just going through it all and trying to trying to find a way to to find my way out of this hole that I had dug myself. <laughs> and so finally, seeing it a second time, I was like, "Oh my! I, now I get it." Like yeah. I, I kind of felt like this guy doesn't get Star Wars. Uh, Ryan Johnson's like totally. Uh, like doesn't understand what like he's he doesn't like I disagree with his vision of everything and then I saw it a second time I was like oh no I was wrong like I saw it as being kind of sort of um, like kind of pessimistically like almost postmodern and and like I don't like like not uh, how do I sum this up it's it's such a complicated thing but I kind of felt like he was shitting on the entire concept of Star Wars with the movie like like you're stupid for caring and then I saw it a second time I was like oh no that's not what it is it's just that the 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 light side that's represented in the movie is much subtler than the dark side, which is overpowering. And like, it's so much of the movie is about yeah. the dark and the light is very subtly layered in there. But watching a second time, I was able to absorb like the ultimate message of it, which I think is ultimately a positive message. And I was like, okay, now I love it. Like yeah. I'm, I'm totally on board. I'm psyched about it. I do want to see it a third time. I haven't, I haven't gotten to see it a third time yet, but um that's just because I'm trying to catch up on Oscar movies and stuff. But, <laughs> but yeah, that, and that's the one bummer of these like Christmas release movies, which is, I guess, Solo will repair that slightly. But uh, like, I want to just watch it five times, but there's like all these other movies I want to yeah. see too. So. Make time. I said, yeah, I think one of the big things uh, that, that encapsulates your experience is that I think the whole world got confused because the marketing led with kill the past but in the movie that's the villain's perspective right our heroes are are arguing for a legacy ultimately yeah but but when i was watching it a first time i felt like the movie was falling on kylo ren's side a little bit too much yeah it was almost like the it felt like the movie was backing up his argument and not really supporting the concept of uh of what yoda tells luke you know and which is really i think the heart of the movie but it's like one scene deep 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 into the movie that's one 
dialogue driven scene where everything kind of comes around. But then that but then that sets up the Luke uh, confrontation with Kyle Ren, which is just even the first time I saw it was yeah. just one of the most <laughs> mind blowingly awesome things ever. Yeah. Seen. Especially if you grew up with Luke as your hero, like as I did. I, yeah. like, I that's who I like. I'm, I'm reading a lot of stuff about um, uh, Black Panther right now and how great it is for representation for people of color. And and as stupid as it sounds, because we are the the white male, uh, you know, doofuses who are, like <laughs> everything's been made for us forever. Yeah. But literally, when I was a kid, I was like, I thought Luke. I thought like that's me. Like he's yes. a blonde haired kid from a farm. I grew up on a farm. And I was like, that's me. And so like to see him finish his journey and like come, come around to be like re embracing the role of the hero was yeah. like just amazing. And yeah, just such a great action scene too. So anyway, yeah, I love that uh, wholeheartedly. And um, yeah, I mean. It's, it's a crazy move. I can't wait to hear what you guys <laughs> cool. think. So, uh, Clark, you were just uh, writing down notes. You are <laughs> a professional film analyst, uh, uh, and you were just scrolling notes. What, what's your take? Well, I what I wrote down just now was uh, that the audience has to work for it. Like, mm-hmm. this is a movie where you have to work for it. You have to chew on it. Like, yeah. it's yes. not just, like, you know, liquid that's going to go down mm-hmm. smooth. It's, like, you have to do the work. And I think that for our blockbusters, like, that's something that's really interesting to me is, like, the criticism of the Marvel Universe or big tentpole films and and how they are not about anything or how... And, and I just... I fundamentally don't agree. Like, yes, some of them are formulaic. Absolutely. Yeah. But... In each within that formula, I think that there it is possible to tell really compelling, um, thoughtful Greek myths, essentially, mm-hmm. right? And I think that Star Last Jedi is one of those. You know, it's one of those movies where, y- you know, you. Y- y- there's a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on yeah. in this movie. You say like too much for one viewing. In some well, ways, yes, right? I, for one viewing, exactly. Yeah. Because I think, and I've had this experience with like, for instance, um, Age of Ultron. The second time I saw Ultron, I was like, oh, I like this a lot. Like, yeah. I really like this. And it, But I understand if you only saw it the one time. And by the way, I don't think that it's fair to ask the audience <laughs> to go back and watch a movie. <laughs> oh, no, no, you just didn't get it the first time. Yeah. It's like, you know, so that's a, that's a balance. So I think we all have to, the industry has to struggle with or figure out. Um, but with this one, uh, there's a lot happening. So I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I texted, I think I texted yes. you and I was like, so are we doing this again? What's going on? Like, I have things to say. You, you all did, which is so great. Because I was like, yeah. I suppose I should book them about doing that, see if they want to. And then my phone was like, bing, bing, bing. Yeah. And, and I think that there's just, the, the thing is, there's so many big conversations happening through the Star Wars lens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see so much contemporary strife and struggle in this film and um and so uh, but I really enjoyed it I enjoyed it as a movie that is allegorical for our times I enjoyed it as an action adventure movie I enjoyed it as a Star Wars movie you know um and and I liked it both times and um and I like this, you know, I like a lot of the overall themes. Like I do, I like the idea of us being precious about some things. And I understand that that's really hard for people to let go of. Yeah. Um, especially when as members of the geek culture, there 
I think a lot, all of us have moments where we feel left out because of the things that we love and those are our comfort places. And so to have something that feels like it's messing with our safe favorite thing yeah. is like really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and trust me, I, I get that and identify with that. So I understand the backlash to the movie. Um, but I do think that I'm so glad to hear your experience of going back a second time mm-hmm. and, 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 taking it in in a different way and, yeah. and taking time to marinate on it. But I, I dug it. I saw it both t- twice and um, I dug it both times. And um, I think that there's a lot of really, really, you know, the last thing I'll say overall thematically is just that I, I felt this way about Spider-Man Homecoming and I feel this way about Last Jedi. These are movies about kids taking the future into their hands for yeah. better or for worse. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that you know, I'm sure you've dug into this, but like Kylo and Ray, Kylo, Adam Driver deserves all the gold stars for making that a character that is yes. compelling. He because can put them on his naked chest. In, his, in his buff chest and high-waisted pants. Um, but I, I really do. Like, I think that I think that this is a movie about children taking control of the future. And some of them want to make the world a better place. Like, I really thought when I saw Home, Spider-Man Homecoming, I was like, this is so cool that this is about a kid who wants to change the world world and make it better and it's really cool to see in The Last Jedi like this group of kids who want to make the world better but then this group of kids who want to do not want to make the world better (laughs) and and it's a really important conversation and struggle that I think in the US we are dealing with and I think parts of Europe are definitely dealing with and so it's um, I just think this is a really fucking brave movie and I like it a lot yeah yeah I think the the cool one of the cool things about the theme acts that you're describing is that I don't think it was super intentional uh, because Ryan Johnson has said it uh-huh. uh, because J.J. Abrams has echoed it that there is there's not an attempt to to destroy Star right. Wars I think so so to me it creates this fun analogy where Ray is almost like uh, Matt your daughter mm-hmm. who's like I don't have this baggage yeah. I'm not angry about right. Jar Jar from 1999 <laughs> yeah. when I was 24 yeah. and Ray's just like Ray just steps into this argument and just like could yeah. someone tell me where to go I want right. to do the right thing and yeah. help people and she's just in the yeah. middle of like that collectible <laughs> should not be on that shelf because blah it's like I don't, even, I don't even know what you're talking yeah. about just help me yeah yeah so I think that's really cool Riley, I like what are you? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, no, yeah. Did you have anyway, see you later. the same experience where you were uh, uh, shook by it the first time, or yeah. have you only seen it one time? I, I've seen it twice. Uh, I think I had an experience similar to Matt's, although not as polar opposite. Like I saw it, I liked it the first time I saw it, and I think like once I realized, oh, the majority, like when I realized that the chase sequence was gonna like gonna be the plot of the movie because at first i'm like okay so this scene's gonna end and like i just assumed they were gonna get away there's gonna be another chase and then they'll get away again because that's what like empire does yeah. but then when i realized oh this whole movie's gonna be them in this weird Battlestar galactica 33 thing happening with yeah. like just pursuing it i was like this is a really interesting premise for I- i've never seen a plot like this in star wars where yeah. it's just, like, this one sustained action that's happening the whole time and i was like that's really cool and so there's a lot of things about it i think that like I left the theater of the, the first time I saw it with this overall feeling of, I liked this, but I don't know that I loved it. Okay. And then I remember over the course of that weekend, um, a lot of forums that I'm on 
on on the uh, the internet uh, on Facebook, they were talking about it. And like one of the podcasts that I listened to, actually, like somebody created a like a, a spoiler free sideboard for it. Okay. And so like every few minutes, like I was getting notifications of new posts and new things, <laughs> and there was always arguments. And they were like for it against and stuff like that, and like really digging into these fights about this movie. Like really made me start to go. I think I really love this movie because I'm like getting, like I'm getting into these super deep, like you said, complex mm-hmm. arguments about a Star Wars movie that I've never, like, never in my adult life have I had this many complex arguments about Star Wars. Normally, it's always like people angry to Han shot first, and like, like, <laughs> it has to be that. Like it's always something simple like that, or it's always, like I said, screw Jar Jar, that kind of stuff. But I've never had these really complicated, critical conversations about it and about like what this action meant and what and the people. It, I think it's interesting because a lot of people's anger at it aren't really angry at quality elements, but more like they're, they're mad that the characters act in a way that's not immediately rational. And like, well, why would they do that? Yeah. And I'm like, well, because human beings yeah, do people. that. You know? yeah. Like the best example, I've seen so many discussions and I got into them about, about Holdo and like yeah. why she doesn't say what she says when she says it and stuff like that. And everyone kind of assumes, oh, she should be telling Poe this. And like, why isn't she telling Poe what her plan is? And I'm like, because Poe is a demoted underling to her. Yeah, and, and her best like, friend since she was 16 just got sucked into space and might die. Yeah, and also <laughs> yeah. like... like Everyone's like, well, why didn't she tell him the plan at this point? And I'm like, well, but she's a character who <laughs> is planning on killing herself. Like, she is planning this entire time to sacrifice herself. Like, she knows at the beginning of this plan that someone's going to have to stay on this ship. And she's going to be the one to do it. And she knows that if she tells anybody that information, they will try to stop her. Mm-hmm. And so she has to keep that close to the chest. Mm. And, like, also, and I think it's really interesting that no one really thinks about that. And that's such a complicated thing for a Star Wars movie. And I think, like, you're talking about the whole element of, like, nerdy things being our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I think that what I'm learning in this last year especially is that I am definitely someone who loves it when her nerdy comfort zones challenge the hell out of her. Because I'm having the same experience with this movie as I'm having with Star Trek Discovery and even mm-hmm. some Doctor Who stuff in the last several years. But, like, things that I love that kind of just felt like comfort cake or whatever, now somebody's like, oh, this is actually, like, a there's a really complex flavor profile here. Yeah. And I 100% <laughs> about this idea of, like, blockbuster movies not being just as easily consumable and actually mm-hmm. having complicated ideas. So the first time I saw it, I definitely struggled because I think I went in with the ideas of like what I think this movie is supposed to be because it's a Star Wars movie and what I'm expecting, what the trailers and everything is going to happen and stuff like that. But the second time I saw it, knowing what it was as a movie, I was just in. Like yeah, I was yeah. so excited. There were so many scenes in that movie the second time that just made me like just like giddy in the theater and like goosebumps like when the when the Millennium Falcon comes in at the very end and starts firing yeah. on the like the first order troops on the planet and there's that whole like they really hate that ship I love that line uh, <laughs> and like so much of the humor that like didn't land me the first time I saw it the second time was like perfectly on point and like yeah. I loved it so much so yeah. I just yeah I, it was it's rare that a movie like this makes me think about it as much as it did. And that's what made me come around. Even before I saw it a second time, cool. I was like, I really love it. went from like, I think Friday when I saw it, my response was I liked it, but I didn't love it. But by Monday, I was like, I love this movie. I love this story that fighting about it on the internet actually made it better for you. Like, <laughs> this is, it's, but, because, but yeah, it's not fighting on the internet. It's discussion. It wasn't like angry <laughs> yeah. fighting. And like the, the angry fights I checked out of right away. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like when you're arguing with somebody about something, like, and you're coming from a place of good faith, with each other 
I think that when people challenge you about why you like something, like I, I have found that like if I'm on the fence about something and then someone starts arguing about it and then I have to like start thinking of counterpoints and arguments, right? And articulate. I, your, I actually yeah. realize what I like about it. That's awesome. And like another great thing, like so many people I know want to just cut the entire Canto Bite sequence out of the movie, and I'm like, you don't. How do you not understand that that entire sequence is about Finn's journey from being a guy who wants to run away to a person who declares, I am rebel scum? Like yeah. that, that's, that's the journey to committing to the cause. And yeah. if you don't have that, that section in there, then his whole plotline makes no sense and there's no reason for him to be in the yeah. movie. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into uh, some, of the more, some of the details. This is a question that I have asked you guys every time we've done this. If you could hug any character from The Last Jedi, which character would you want to give a hug to? Am I starting? If you'd like. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, is, isn't the answer always Chewbacca? Like, I feel like, <laughs> like it has he, to. He got his hug this time. He did least. finally get the hug. <laughs> he did, but very like, clearly. He's the most huggable, but I think I have to go, like, beyond, like, I, I think, uh, like, a, a group hug with a Porg, maybe a bunch of Porgs and <laughs> Chewbacca all, okay. all together. So it's still be, Chewbacca. That would be Do you great. feel like uh, Chewbacca just needs the extra hug because he is in mourning I'm, and he's I'm, handling it I'm really being, quite well? I'm being super selfish about it. I okay. just want, I want to hug Chewbacca. I feel like that's going to be the, the, the coziest hug in Star Wars. I, I don't think there's a cozier hug. Yeah, right? probably not. Probably not. Clark? Uh, well, I, I, I'm sorry this isn't going to be very funny, but Leia. No, that's fine. Um, that was mine too. So. Yeah, and, and I think I want to hug Leia because uh, she is she has a lot going on. And uh, she represents a lot of things. And I think that she, the balance, like I was thinking about this earlier, the, the idea that within the resistance, they're essentially tearing each other apart yeah. because they don't agree. They all have the same goal and they all think pretty much the same thing but they don't agree about how to go about it and so they are going to ruin their chances of success like every time <laughs> and I was like oh this is real this feels very real yeah. to me this is so uh, familiar yeah, why, do I, why do I recognize this and are you saying that like <laughs> Poe and Finn and Rose are really into voting for a third party <laughs> candidate is that what you're saying do you remember when Rose came in and Holdo was cancelled that was really awkward <laughs> yeah. but, but I, I in all seriousness like I really was thinking about how Poe has, you know, uh, this is how I'm going to do it, or or Rose and Finn, this is how we're going to do it, and and Leia and Laura Dern's character are kind of having to keep it together and be like, we've seen this before, we we do know what we're doing, and maybe we're not as revolutionary as you think we are, but but maybe trust us a little, and maybe yeah. let's work together, uh, and some of your natural impulses will agree with some of our seasoned veteran stuff. And um and so Leia had a task that I mean and also she watched all these people die and her son and yeah, like and I think Walmart, I'm sorry I'm done I'm done but no, so that's great. And, and take, now take all of Riley's thoughts so I can get the fresh ones no, pass no. the baton yeah, I want to say a no, say quick it. thing about that I I think uh it, it is really cool that you are pointing out uh all, all of why Leia needs a hug and all of her wisdom and that she still needs to have that sort of a, a strength with given through. The power of hugs, not general hugs, but actual (laughs) human connection, because I like that Leia and Holdo understand and say super crystal clear, which is more clear as you watch it more times of like they say, all we're trying to do today is survive. We're trying to do Mm -hmm. the whole theme that gets said explicitly by Rose. We're just trying to save what we love, not fight what we hate. We can blow things up later. 
but we can't if we're dead. And I feel like that's deserving of a hug. Yeah, just like real fast on that point, like the idea that Poe is saying, you know, I know it's best, I know it's best. And these ladies who have uh, worked in this resistance and really, uh, you know, have all the experience in the world have to go, Okay, let's calm down. And <laughs> and they have to keep their shit in check yeah. and just to keep him in check. And he's not, it, it's, look, it's a very natural thing. This is, you know, passion and youth and, and saying, like, I must know best. Um, and and the, it's also like the history of the rebellion, right? That's what he's learned 100%. as a kid. He's heard about the cool times that his yes. parents who were in the rebellion blew up. What? Right. That's his perspective. <laughs> and yeah. so I feel like powerful leaders, but especially powerful women, have to balance a lot of different things without letting their emotions come through or get in the way. And so I feel like she needs a hug. (laughs) Great answer. All right, Riley, what's your fresh answer now that Clark stole it? (laughs) Um, Well, I I, I do want to add, yeah, she lost, like, she's lost her, she's lost her brother. She's lost, she has to consider her son lost. Yeah. And she's lost her ex-husband. And over the course of, like, this, like hour or two that this story's been happening like, <laughs> over the course of like rough it's 15 like, minutes for it's Leia, like, yeah. yeah but um i guess since leia's already well also on a really sad note i want to hug leia because i never get a chance to again yeah. so yeah. that's actually a big sad reason there um but if i can't do leia thanks um <laughs> i guess um i think i would probably i think well i would, I would do a lot more to holdo um than hugger but um <laughs> I'm still gonna go with Leia. Dude, I have to. Yes. I have to do it. With Leia. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What would you do to hold? Um, <laughs> no, that, that this podcast isn't rated high enough. Wait, okay. Joseph, who would you hug? Because I feel like mm. with your with your physical likeness to General Hux, <laughs> he also you have to admit he needs a hug. He ironically, does need a hug, but I don't think he would learn from it. Uh, <laughs> no. I want to hug the Force Ghost of Luke Skywalker <laughs> to feel Just what, to see what like. that feels like. Yeah, yeah. to feel what it's like. What Leia felt when he kisses her forehead, like the yeah. she feel anything physical from that or is like do you think she's aware in that moment oh he's not really here she is super aware yeah Yeah, yeah. there's a specific look that's like it's when he puts the dice in her hand and the dice aren't actually there and she knows it I was watching for the second time but I I was like still like I think she's aware but yeah Yeah, but is that because of her force uh, sensitivity or is it because of how he's manifested because my understanding is that this projection thing can be real like it has physical like tangibility to it i don't know i don't know if that's it's, true no i i think that is a fun thing that is like open for more debate in yeah. the star wars world but for what luke did he's not having any effect on the environment and right. it's really yeah, shocked that way leaving a footprint yeah he doesn't that. leave yeah. a footprint in yeah. the salts of crate uh all sorts <laughs> of things like yeah the kissing her on the head i like to think there's like a fun familial force tingle yeah it's like yeah. oh that feels warm like, yeah yeah a lip hug? That's not right. That's gross. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, uh, my next question is about Leia. How did you guys feel about her using the Force in a big way? Did you guys like that moment? Were you a lot of people liked the moment, but were bothered by the visual of it because it was kind of new and different for Star Wars? How do you guys feel about that? The only thing I didn't like about it was I wish the CGI had been just a little bit better. Okay, I think that's what really kind of like made it stick out to people. I think, like, it looks very computer-generated. Like, it looks less like... Because it's, it's obviously not Carrie Fisher for a moment. It's obviously, like, a CGI version of her, not unlike the end of Rogue One. And I think that made it look fake. Because okay. I know... And I know everyone's harping on how it looks like Mary Poppins, but it's like, okay, great. Like, that's a, that's one... Like, you, we've all made the joke. You can move on from it's it. It's also like, just because we don't see enough older women doing cool things, so you can only think of one older woman you've ever <laughs> seen fly before. Yeah, exactly. But, like, I honestly, like... For as much of talk as it's like, oh, I can't believe she. All she really does is pull herself towards a ship. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not. It's in a zero gravity situation. Reaching out with the force and pulling yourself to something does not feel that 
like right. major of a thing to do. Yeah. And so when people act like it's ridiculous that she did it and like I I really liked it because I I've wanted to see Leia use the force since I was a little girl. Like yeah. I, I really as a child, yeah. I just wanted it so badly. And so to see it finally happen and like get it to happen, now we now we won't get to see it happen ever again. Like I'm so glad it did happen before it was done. Yeah. Excellent. Clark, how do you feel? Um, I, I don't feel really either way about it. To be, like, I, I really, the, the you know, like when I first saw it, yeah, it's a jarring image because I don't think we've seen much like that before. Um, but then I was like, okay. I mean, it's like, this isn't, um, there, and I don't mean this to be dismissive at all because yeah. I believe universes need rules. Like, I am a big, I love mythology in franchises and I think that's important. But to me, um, I was like, this is not a real thing. Therefore, we can't, why is this weird? Why can't this happen? Like, yeah. I don't understand, uh, you know, and I understand that there's like mythology built in, but it didn't, it didn't upset me the way that a lot of people, it upset me. What's funny is the people who are mad about it for rules reasons, I'm like, it's it's canon that Leia is force sensitive. Right. Because yeah. we, we literally since Jedi we've had mm-hmm. there was another or was a Jedi or there's another Skywalker. That was that was Empire, but yeah. then he says to Luke, like you like he we we've had established yeah. fact that yeah. she is a Jedi. like she And she has Jedi. used the force before. It's just always been in a sensing other other right. people. This right. is the yeah, first yeah. time she did it in a big so physical the idea way. That she suddenly has four powers. She didn't suddenly have them, that they, they did use them. Yeah, before. yeah. How about you? Uh, honestly, it's what's funny is like of all the things that bothered me the first time I watched it, that really wasn't one of the things. Oh wow, that's it, great. It was just I think it, it 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 what I should say is it didn't like on paper, it made sense to me. I was like, "Cool, this makes sense." I think the execution of it, again, like Riley was saying, is a little weird um, or a little off somehow. And maybe that's partly because it's different and new to everyone seeing it, and, and partly because of the, of the way the effects were done. But yeah, I, I kind of uh, I, I love the idea of her of using the Force. Um, I, I think it's also weird. <laughs> it's like this movie and Star Wars in general plays fast and loose with the laws of gravity and and and, and zero gravity. Yeah, and it's weird. I was trying to think of another time where there's zero gravity in Star Wars, and so that's part of what's weird about it is that she's floating in space. Meanwhile, earlier in the movie, they're literally dropping bombs in space, and they're yeah. like, "Somehow, how are the bombs dropping?" Well, they're projected. Okay, <laughs> I've had that fight online. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, it, it, these that yeah, that's just like answered in the like yeah. visual dictionary thing. But it right. is fascinating to see what things people but get hung up on, whether yeah. or not they want the physics rules to be real or right. not. Right, that's what I mean. Like usually in Star Wars, you don't ask that question because right. you're just like, "It's Star Wars. Yeah, just, it doesn't matter." Um, so for her to be like zero gravity to me is more of like a an Apollo thirteen rule. Like it, it suddenly <laughs> yeah. takes you into a different type of movie. Like a more, and I think throughout Last Jedi there is a little more hard sci fi than Star Wars usually okay. brings it's to true. bear, which is fine. Uh, again, like fuel. Yes, I think it's like fuel being an like, issue was, yeah. was was to me again first time through very jarring. And like to see the like inner workings of of starships was jarring. Like I I to, for, for my my first take was. Star Wars isn't about the inner workings of it. It's not sci-fi. It's yeah. actually, it's just like, to them, the starship is is like, uh, you know, a car. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't have to go into the fuel pump of, like, a car. In, oh, although I guess for, uh, Fast and Furious does do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would prefer they did not. I think the physics are less real in the Fast and Furious franchise than they are in Star Wars myself. Oh, yeah, that's, I the, think that's, that's my vote. totally fair. All right, we, uh, we already I, talked a little bit the about The only thing the I want whole... to add to that thing real quickly mm-hmm. is I'm glad it happened, too, because I, that was one part in the original viewing of it that I got really upset because I thought we were about to watch Leia die and yeah. 
as sad as I already was about Carrie Fisher dying, like I, I was like, oh my god, I did not know I was gonna see Leia die in this movie, and I was not ready for it, and like I got really upset for like a half second, like I was like, I might have to like walk out of this for a minute, and like, yeah. and then when she was like survived, I was like, oh thank god, because <laughs> like I don't think that I was anywhere near ready to watch Carrie Fisher die on screen too. Yeah, like, I think one of the most impressive things about this movie is it can make grown adults watching it go oh my god I actually think they're gonna kill this character and then they don't like I think that happens at the end with Finn, with Finn yeah I you're sure like thought. oh he's to- like yeah. given given everything else that's happened in this movie he is totally going to die right now yeah and then you're like oh like that genuine sense of of relief when it doesn't happen is amazing and same with Leia like you you don't you don't trust the movie and I think first time through I was like I don't like that this movie is so like shaky but the second time through I'm like Actually, that's what makes it really great is that it's like mm-hmm. it's it's trusting that you can handle that kind of uncertainty in a Star yeah. Wars movie. Whereas we're I think for a long time we've been just used to Star Wars movies being on rails a little bit and it's like, hey, it's safe. And I will just going back I know we're going way back now, but uh when you were saying like you like your stuff that like kinda challenges you and, and uh, I wish I, I'm trying to get to that place because like after the after the year that we all had 2017, <laughs> yeah. I really well, felt like, <laughs> eh, you know, just some stuff. But uh, I really was like, I didn't really, I wasn't in touch with this until after I saw it. I was like, I really needed this movie to be an escape. And I think in the two years since Force Awakens, I had started to like really appreciate the way that For- Force Awakens is really just like a warm blanket for for like our age group, our generation Star Wars fans who was just like, oh, you like the original trilogy? Here you go. Here's some more of that, buddy. Here, here's a, we're just going to give it to you in a nice warm mug. And, and even like, Rogue One is fist pumping about oh, you yeah. can fight, you can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Anyone can pick up a blaster and make a difference. Well, Rogue One yeah. is, is is episode four fan fiction. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like, if you love episode four, it's like, here's more episode four. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> and like, uh, but yeah, but this movie is like, no, we're not going to make you feel good. And then I yeah. realized afterwards, I was like... I felt pretty good. <laughs> I felt great. I mean, but yeah. I do think it's interesting to talk about Rogue One with this movie real quickly is that what I think is interesting on that point yeah. is that this movie basically makes the exact opposite argument of Rogue One because like what Poe and Finn and Rose are trying to do is essentially what the Rogue One team does in Rogue One, which mm-hmm. is we are given direct right. orders. Yeah. We are told not to break them. We're going to do this thing. We're going to head off. We're going to try to escape and survive. And they go, no, we're going to fly to Scarif and we're going to get these plans. Yeah. And then there's a whole battle sequence as a result of it. Right. That's what happens in this movie too, but it actually makes, it, makes things way, way worse. <laughs> right. they, just followed the, they just followed orders. They all would have survived because yeah. they didn't. A lot of people died. Yeah. yeah. The thing that I appreciate is I, I, I don't you, – you said disagree – I don't. Did you say disagree that the movies disagree with each other? I think I think they're making the opposite points, opposite but I also points, think they're yes. trying to say like sometimes this is the way to go, sometimes this isn't the way to yes, go, and you have to, part of being the a leader is nuance that I think a lot of people are are yeah. are missing of like yeah. this is a specific scenario in Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson, Last Jedi, isn't saying you should never do something desperate and cool. Yeah. Uh, and try to blow something up at the last minute is just yeah. sometimes that's not the best option. Yeah, yeah. The and here's first, one. Isn't it the first time in Star Wars history that that happened that where like, someone t- like tries an outlandish, like crazy against all odds plan to save everybody and it and doesn't it work? It doesn't work? Yeah. yeah. It, that worked 99 well, times. Well, actually, em- I that's say the whole lesson well. of Empire. Yeah, that Luke, Luke I, doesn't make anything better by going to face Vader. Yeah, I guess that's is, true. Yeah. And that's what I was reflecting on after watching this movie uh, and, and really had to grapple with, which is like, if you could watch Empire as an adult, like, would you think that was great? Or would you be like, what the hell did they just do to Star Wars? Yeah, and if you, there are some reviews of it back from when it first yeah. came out that, that respond that way. Yeah, because yeah. I think that's valid. Yeah. I like, think the I, internet would have hated it back then. I mean, like, that was the... Like, I saw the, the, uh, the first movie in the theater, but I was 
three or four years old, so I don't really remember it. But I vividly remember going to see Empire Strikes Back and just being like, that's the coolest. It's so great because it has all the Star Wars-y stuff. And I think I just didn't absorb, like, the dark part of it. But, you know, that's, again, like, my daughter was able to, like, watch this movie with, like, a clean slate and just be like, whatever you're going to give me, I'm, cool <laughs> I'm all in. I will it. accept it as Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. And uh, God bless her. Cool. <laughs> so I want to move on to a little bit of the uh, old Kylo and Rey dynamic, which is a huge part of this movie. Uh, and I'm going to start with this question. Do you think Kylo Ren was sitting around without his shirt on waiting for Rey <laughs> to force time him? Was that a choice? This is one of the more, I think, fascinating and I interesting it, debates that's been going on. I think it all comes down to if you consider Matt the radar tech to be Star Wars canon or not. I do not. Because if you do consider it canon, it definitely was him. I've worked out. I've got, I've got an A-pack. But if, if, you, if you don't, then no, I think I think... I think he's just ready for it. I he think is not canon because why would he cover up his eight pack with those high waisted pants? <laughs> <Fair> point, <yeah. laughs> it's making it all about the pecs. Yeah. Uh, Clark, uh, I want to start with you. Do, do you think Kylo was uh, was literally trying to like be like, let's make this not sexual, but let's build this intimacy bridge? I think he was probably aware that that was a possibility for this situation. Like, if she happens to call me when I'm just sitting here kind of sweaty with my pecs out, then that'll be okay. Sweaty with my pecs out. <laughs> but if not, then, you know, it's cool. I'm just sitting here looking handsome. Yeah. Or, well, I, I don't think he's very handsome, but you get what I mean. Uh, sure. um, but, but yeah, I think so. I think it's one of those things where you're like, well, if, if coincidentally, wink. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Matt? Do you think he was really waiting oh, shirtless man i i think uh or, yeah yeah i don't i think subconsciously yes i don't okay. think like i think there's so many layers of like denial and like yeah. self-hatred and and just a lot of issues going on <laughs> like he would never <laughs> cop that like he that, like like yeah you'd have to go pretty deep into the subconscious to okay. understand exactly why he did that <laughs> the other i suppose the other thing is we don't i like that there are things that we don't have concrete answers to so it's an opportunity to think about so mm-hmm. snoke obviously says i created this connection between you to play off of one another's vulnerabilities and make everything turn out the way i wanted but i don't know if that means that snoke is like he's got an off and on switch yeah he's like oh kylo took his shirt off whoop <laughs> and Snoke himself right. turns it on right then. So that's, you're saying that really that Snoke is a Raylo shipper? <laughs> I think so. I think he's a Raylo shipper, yeah. and I think he's, he's a creepy old guy in a golden bathrobe going, mm, "I'm going to turn on your cameras <laughs> <laughs> in each other's houses." Oh, that's super creepy. I, I know that this. Everyone thought this movie was going to be the end of Snoke theories, but I still I have a new Snoke theory. All right, this movie, all right, and it ties into what you're talking about. I think Snoke was a manifestation of. <gasps> of Kylo Ren's force, dark force power. Like he basically, he is like a, he, he was created from this person's need to like rebel against his parents and, and find a way to reconcile his lineage. And, and so like he, like that's, so he's basically, he is the subconscious that I'm talking about. Like, Oh, wow. But, but it's either that or I also think that, like, the, the dark side of the force itself may have manifested Snoke. Okay. Uh, that, 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 anyway, it doesn't really matter. I don't think they're ever going to go any deeper with that character. But it's a fun yeah, way to I'm look sure at it. sure a book will happen somewhere. <laughs> yes. no, maybe, yeah, yeah. Which is what I'd be fine with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, it'd, be, it'd be cool to just sort of cross some of those T's. But, I, like, I also feel like uh, it's about... Kylo Ren like that the, the, he's the driving force so like doesn't really matter like who 
uh, mentored him and, you know, how he got here. But He's like, an evil guy from far away, which is right. what's my Snoke theory for a long time. And he was like, that's a very boring thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it's true. Uh, and yeah. I do think we will get a book, but I don't think it, it matters to the big driving uh, uh, story. Clark, I want to ask you in particular a little bit more about the uh, Ray-Kylo uh-huh. connection, because uh, that's the thing that people have pointed out is this it's whether intentionally or not it is this very modern connection because it is like being connected over social media right. and luke doesn't yeah. want to like the luke's the older <laughs> generation is like you're texting who yeah. you know and blows away the hut uh uh so what what do you think of that connection what do you think of all the complex is she reaching out in making a connection to him because they have similarities or is it a damaging sort of He's a bad boy and I can fix him. How do you feel about all that? I mean, I think that I think that there's still more to Ray than so I overall with uh with Last Jedi, I kind of felt like this was the start of a new trilogy. It didn't like I, I felt I was like, whoa, whoa, we have way we have so much to do in like in one more movie. And um I do feel like Ray is vulnerable or susceptible to darkness and I don't think we've closed the book on that I think you can try she can try as hard as she wants to but I do think that her darkness is prevalent and real and I think that Kylo makes a lot of sense um in terms of like their you know I think that you really could assign a lot of intention and meaning to the fact that these are two people that when they get into the same room with each other physically, yeah, they are vulnerable with each other, yeah, and and they it's they struggle with with you know doing the hard stuff on both ends. Like Kylo does, you can see. I feel like you can see Kylo struggling when he is there in the throne room with Ray. Like really, like I want you to want me. I want you yeah. to like, agree with me, and vice versa for her. I I want you to want this with me. When they are separate. Same with the internet. Like, if you, they always say the old adage, you know, this is a joke, but it's true. Like, you would never say that to me in person. You know, internet trolls <laughs> yeah. or whatever. You would yeah. never say those things because that's not how people work. And I think it's the exact same thing. And we're also seeing studies starting to come out about the fact that human beings have emotional needs. And and our, with the advent of technology, the fact that we're not spending real time with each other, people's emotional needs are not getting met and depression and anxiety are on the rise like this is all real stuff happening in our world and so I think I truly think that you can look at them as a representation of of not having a real physical connection yeah that's awesome yeah how do you feel about the all of the Ray and Kylo uh relationship and the baggage on any level I mean I think a lot of that is similar I I agree that like you mentioned the the vulnerability in the room but I also think there's something about them being together that pushes them both in like a positive way, like, and that's why it's so heartbreaking for Ray when Kylo at the end of all, like, is that that fight scene? They are so in sync, and like, like when the, the so the, badass, yeah, it's so cool. When the lightsaber lands in her hand, and then there's all yeah. these great videos on the internet now where some people have just like stuck music like like <laughs> yes. songs to it, and it works so well because it's so well choreographed. It's so it is so rhythmic, and they are just and there's no moment where like like they're stepping on each other's toes or anything. There's, there's a part where like Kylo looks over and like. She's like kind of fighting. Like he knows he doesn't need to go help her. He can just fight the people he's got in front of him. Like yeah. just do it. it's wonderful, and that's why it's so heartbreaking at the end when then he is something like back to being Kylo. Like like when she realizes, oh, we're not on the same page. Like he actually still is the first order, and he wants to control everything, and he wants to be this like this god essentially. Yeah, 
it's such a blow because it's like, oh, we were so close staying on the same page. And I thought I was going to get what I wanted from you. And then at the very last second, you not only pulled away, but you pulled away in the exact opposite direction. Yeah. And it's just brutal. And so I like that about that a lot. Yeah, yeah, the don't, please don't go this way is so, so powerful. Yeah. Matt, I want to uh, interview your daughter through you since she's not here. <laughs> how does, how does she see Ray? Is Because, like, there's, we all talk about, like, Ray, yeah. Ray's a great role model, but yeah. is your daughter really excited uh, Yeah, Ray? yeah, I mean, that, after Force Awakens, it was like, her whole life was about Ray for awesome. you know, the next year. And then Jin or so for a while. <laughs> and, uh, and like, you know, I, I don't know if it was as strong. She started getting to Harry Potter too. So like, she's got a lot more uh, heroes to, to look okay. up to now. But, uh, but yeah, I think um, that's a great question. I would, I should ask her how she feels about Ray after this one. Um, Cause I, one of my gripes with the movie the first time through is that I, I kind of felt like Ray got a little bit lost in it. And like, she was maybe my favorite thing about force awakens. Yeah. And I kind of felt like let's, let's let's let her be the driving force of the whole plot and instead she's sort of like off talking for an hour and a half <laughs> just just sitting around chatting and uh and that was a bit of a bummer to me but i think that's honestly just gonna set up the third you know i, I don't i mean it's gonna it's gonna be odd that jj is coming back and, yeah. and taking over it's like it's like it's it's almost like well now that you've now that now that we cracked these eggs, like you can't really go back to making this like kind of feel good uh, popcorn movie. This is yeah, this is fascinating because like I think what you said is valid, and it, I think what Clark said is valid, but it's kind of different things of, and I think they're both true of like in one way we all already played all of the traditional Star Wars notes, so what yeah. are you going to play? Right. And then what Clark was saying like, how are you going to wrap this whole story up in one movie? Because yeah. they are sort of set up well, of like, think, hey, think, younger yeah. generation. The entire world is yours for two hours. Wrap it up. <laughs> I think Clark's right. I actually think this, when it's all said and done, I think this trilogy, 789, will basically be the beginning of the next full thing that's, you know, yeah. that they're going to get into. And it's almost like they're, tre- maybe they're, in some ways they're treating the all three of them as the first episode mm. of this next generation's Star Wars. Oh, nice. Uh, which I think is a cool idea. And I think, I think that'll be great. But yeah, I mean, I just, I wanted to see Ray. Um, you know the, the the throne room scene is amazing. I, I think I expected maybe more of that kind of stuff from this movie going in, and again, like it, it definitely subverted my expectations uh, mightily. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but you know she still gets to be heroic at the end, and uh, you know although there's just a lot going on. I mean th- I think that was <laughs> what that was what I was wrestling with is like you were saying it's just like so much to chew on that you have to like really like work through it all but it, it just definitely feels like there's like two or three movies happening and oh, yeah. um and you're like if you really love ray you know which i do and, and i know my daughter does it's just like maybe there could have been a whole movie of just her <laughs> and then let's deal with this other stuff in a different yeah. movie but it's i mean it's it's a tricky it's a tricky thing yeah. to do because they also have to get to where they want to go yeah overall it's just a truth of the sequel trilogy that they decided to tell both the story of the younger generation and the older generation so they're servicing them both but what i really like about ray is i feel like she ends up being in this movie like a um a captain america or superman type character which we don't often yes. see with women where you throw things at them. They're challenged and they're challenged and they're challenged, but then they don't need this one specific reason to do the good thing. Right. Yeah. They're just really, really strong. And so they resist all the temptations right. to do the bad thing yeah. and say, no, I want to save. I found this family. That's right. what I want. Finn is my family. Leia is my family. Yeah. I want to, I'm, yeah, want to be a like, Jedi. I want to be the good person. Yeah. She, ha- she has those 
uh, insecurities or she has those things like that any good character has like she does need she she does have a need for some family or some father figure but it's that's not ruling her the way that kylo ren is being ruled by his issues yeah and he and, assumes yeah. that issue is going to rule her which is that and right when, when he takes yeah. it away from her by making her admit that her parents were nobodies which i'm really really hoping doesn't get retconned in the next movie i don't think um, it will be but I when that happens the fact that she gets hit with that information but then realizes, no, I still believe the things that I believe, and right. I still have the convictions that I have. That's a really big moment for her, and I think it's really impressive that they put it in there like that. Yeah. I think too, like you know, the, I feel like this is so applicable to. You brought up the the uh, the um, face or force force time, and uh, <laughs> and I I really think there's so much going on, like commentary here about the internet, like the idea that you have two young people whose life didn't go the way they want, and so they can find a community either online or in person of people that are going to feed their hatred Mm -hmm. and people who are going to say that's right you were fucked out of something that's right this isn't your fault that's right it's their fault it's all their fault Mm -hmm. go out there do it or you have somebody like Ray who you know is like you know what this didn't go the way I wanted or there are things in my life and my history that make me sad I could be sucked into all of that and and have that anger or I could find like-minded people like me who want who I just am choosing not to do that yeah and and i think that it's such internet culture like it's really amazing how kylo is like i'm not being funny but 4chan or like all of this stuff Mm -hmm. that is kylo ren is that Mm -hmm. and the fact that we feel sympathetic for because i do i feel bad for kylo I, i i i'm i'm compelled emotionally by him um which again hats off to adam driver because i think that is his doing this character could be detestable um Mm -hmm. but there's something he brings to it but yeah i think that this is really like timely commentary yeah yeah i mean i think it's great it really is the two sides the the first order is destroying the things they hate and the resistance side is saving what they love like that is actually like stated in the movie but that is 100 percent what the actual breakdown of their motivations is too Yeah. yeah like yeah kylo is totally the troll who is like saying mean mean things to everybody and Ray's like did you have a hard day here's a gif of a dog riding a pony <laughs> totally <laughs> like I think it, it's and I love it because I think it is incredibly serious and it's like the issues that are facing us but it's also funny in this great way that uh Comedy is just a language to say very serious things. Yes. And so I like that we can call him like, yeah, 4chan ran because yeah. it's a funny way to say a very serious thing. And yep. both those things can be true. And, and, and Ray oh, Lily is literally on a planet full of cat videos because that's what that's what <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. caretakers so are true. like little wacky yeah. moments of things. And it's not that Octo, it's Gifto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like watching an old man drink milk out of a tip. Like yeah, it's exactly. like a weird. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Luke. Uh, uh, I. I want to talk a little bit. Let's uh, talk about Luke, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about you. All the good and things that might be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a general Luke question. So I general love Luke. <laughs> General Luke. Uh, <laughs> that he he triumphs through being a pacifist. He gets challenged. He, you know, he says, I, "I can't be what Ray needs me to be." And you're like, "You really should find a way." And then he finds a creative pacifist way mm-hmm. uh, to be. What she is encouraging him to be, this cool force projection thing. So if you were like Luke and you could, in a pacifist way, force project yourself into a situation to resolve it, what kind of situation would you send yourself into? <laughs> I know Matt always he's, Matt always hates the these questions. questions. I don't so we'll, go we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go <laughs> oh, last man, with Matt. That's a good question. Um, 
That's really good. Yeah, it's a weird one. Uh, yeah, so is there something that you know that you have to deal with, but I think Luke has this truth that I, I don't want to hurt. I don't. It's not that he's okay. not powerful. He's, he, do, he doesn't have it in him to, to kill anyone. It's not the Jedi way. It's not what he wants to do. So this is really self-aggrandizing, but that is kind of what I feel like I do when I do stand-up that is, like, about being trans and being a lesbian and stuff like that. Like, I, I have talked to people who in my life have told me that, like, hearing me, like, talk about it on stage or jokes about it have, like, helped them understand it in ways that they didn't before. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like people have said to me, like, like the more and more that I try to write material that feels like common ground with people who think that they can ever relate to me, the more I feel like... I actually get some distance like with them together. And so I think that's kind of like, I don't know a specific location that I would check myself yeah. into, but I do think that like that's with my comedy. I try to get people to listen to me that maybe would not have listened to people like someone like me yeah. before. So like sometimes people are at a club and they're like, so, like I've had people tell me that when I went on stage, they like didn't know how to feel when I first like appeared on the mic. And then by the end of my set, they're like, oh, she's just a comic. Like that's right. That's this, this just is talking this about is, her truth. Yeah. Just the same with the guy with, who's talking about parking tickets. It's not as yeah. lady of an issue, but that was yeah. his truth today. But like, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. like, like, to move on after that, I'm not going to talk about how I act, but like there was like, I had this story in my act about getting hassled by TSA at the airport. And I think like, even if nobody's had that specific experience, they've dealt with someone somewhere in a position of authority that suddenly made them feel weird and small and out of their control or whatever, and like made fun of it or whatever. And so yeah. I think, like hearing me do that makes them go, oh, maybe we're not that different. Like, yeah. like I'm dealing with an issue right now where I'm fighting an insurance company about trying to get my surgery approved. And I think that like, even if it's not about having like surgery, like, like trans, Transitional, transitional surgery people everyone i've talked to goes oh my god my grandma had cancer and she had to fight them to like like everybody has right. a screw the insurance company story <laughs> so like so, i think that like yeah. so that's my long-winded way of saying that's that's like my version of that i, I think that's a great answer and i like the idea of stand-up or performance as a kind of force projection because <laughs> it is you but it's yeah. not like mm -hmm. you have a different kind of conversation because it's in this sort of grander way yeah. and that is actually what luke is doing it i think yeah. so many moments is like this is designed I'm doing a performance for an audience of one yeah. to derail and piss off my dumb nephew. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you great. want more example of that, you can hear my album. It's in the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. on AST Records. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and he is being funny too. So it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 yeah, he's, he's like killing it. Dusting that shoulder off. Yeah, Everything doing that. See around, kid. Is wrong. Yeah. Every part of what you just said is wrong. And that <laughs> whole great. movement with like the you think you got him? Like I think I love love like that's Hux's oh, yeah. joke, but still I love the way that works. Do you think you got? Think you got him? All right, Clark. Is there anything that you can think of that's a analogous to Luke's force projection? And do you have anything that you would like to plug? Since since Riley started, it. <laughs> I was plugging I, both no, me I, and Matt. I know, I know, I'm plugging Matt's label. Plug, I'm gonna plug. We'll have room for plugs. I was later. kidding, but uh, yeah, no. yeah. So. I think I think stepping outside of yourself to try and be the best example you can, even if it's hard or maybe you don't believe it that day, or you're like, <laughs> yeah. okay, well, I gotta figure out, you know, um, how because if if you can make because if you can make a difference in one person's life, or if you can change not change the way somebody thinks, but if you can if you can help them see another side of something thing by acting brave when you're not brave or by doing something that you doesn't feel normal or natural but it's like no but
but I, this is the right thing to do. And um, and how can I have the, you know, I have conversations all the time about, uh, you know, women in our industry, let's say. And, and you know, trying to approach those things without being like, and another thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because, you know, the, the struggle is like, I think we've all felt like Uma Thurman on the red carpet with the, the rage eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but finding ways to That's go... But but there are people who listen to me, or there are people who do think that my opinion is worth considering. And so how do I how do I step outside of myself uh, to try and influence in a positive way? Hopefully, um, you know, somebody who can then make somebody else's life better or easier or more common or courtesy or whatever. Yeah. Um, I hope that's kind of anal. I, it feels sort of analogous, but I don't know yeah. if that's right. No, I think so. Okay. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, that you are uh, uh, trying to figure out how you can say what you mean, but try to say it in a way that it is going to be received. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think yes. that's great. Yeah, because I think that is what Luke's doing. He's like, I can't actually cut his head off, <laughs> but I can really make him think I am going to cut his head that's off. That's right. And, and in that way, you guys will survive. And, and I can he- embarrass him in front of his own troops in a way that metaphorically well, cuts his head off a little yeah and also a lot and really specifically allow myself to be a, a legend because i understand i don't want to be a legend i know the truth that i am a weak flawed human being but this is not about me other people need to believe that i am this mythic hero and as yeah. much as we're talking about how kylo would receive that scene the resistance that is left that receives what luke has yeah. done <laughs> like th- he knows this is about them and this is and and that and so this this is so much bigger than him. Yeah. And um. So yeah, it's not just about like you know shaking Kylo up a little bit, it which is fun. And I mean, great. it's functionally what he's it, doing. It but is, yeah. but it but it demonstrates so much more to yeah. the people behind him, which yeah. I think is really cool. That's awesome. Uh, all right, Matt. Has this been uh, enough time? To yeah. Buy? I mean, it's gonna be super convoluted, but like if I could. Like force project Robert Mueller into Donald Trump's bedroom, <laughs> like just have him be like, "I've got you," and he's got like a stack. Of, he's got like a Manila like Ghost of Christmas hand. Past yeah. style. It's like it's fucking over, Donnie. You're fucking done. You just resign now, so I don't drop this. Like and he's got actually, like a VHS tape in one yeah. hand. Like oh, a, like a, and, and and it would work the same way as it does with Kylo, because right. Trump would start tweeting, right? Okay. Yeah, and self-incriminate, and, 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 and yeah, exactly. He would implode, and yeah. And so, like, Mueller doesn't have to do anything. Like, he just has to, like, appear and scare him enough to basically, <laughs> like, just impale himself on his own I uh, love just that visual image of Mueller walks into the White House and was like, how does he even get in here? Yeah. And then we cut what to is, yeah. Matt's lovely home in Los Feliz, right? Is that where you live? You're, yeah, you're Burbank, floating. Yeah. Burbank. You're living in Burbank. Yeah. Just floating just, above a coffee shop or something. What better place to force project Robert Mueller from than Burbank? From yeah. Burbank, yeah. It's actually, media city, you guys. <laughs> you're in Portos with a pile of potato balls in front of you. Yeah. Just keep giving me those potato balls. All right. I, I have, need them for strength. I have one more question that I want quick answers to, and we'll move on to our next segment. If you could have one of these animals as a pet, which would you pick? Porg, Volptex, which is the crystal fox, Thalassiren, which is the thing that Luke milks, or General Hux? <laughs> which would you pick as a pet? General Hux. General Hux? All yeah, right. yeah, it's like having a butler. <laughs> An angry butler, yeah. Clark. But he Por- does everything you tell him to do, so. <laughs> I'm going Porgs because they won me over. I thought Porgs were really dumb when I saw them in the trailer. And then when they were in the room, I was like, all right, Porgs, you Fucking win. Awesome. You win, right. Porgs. Matt, this is actually the hardest question I've ever <laughs> yeah, asked so all far. day because the crystal critters are like so amazing. Yeah, I love those. I mean, like, I want to say porg, but the crystal crag, 
Uh, just because Clark said pork, I'm gonna go with what, what are they called? Vulptex? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with that one. Vulptex. In yeah. uh, I guess even I'll... though my daughter would be very disappointed, she's obsessed okay. with pork. To be fair, yeah. I already have a pork, so that may be why. Like I, I yeah. have a lot of stuff pork. I feel like we I have, need to answer that question. There's we, a pork on yeah, my you chair. You have one of those. My daughter has that. She has every version of the pork. I think that's been made, <laughs> other than the Lego one, because uh, that was only in that ex- super expensive Millennium Falcon Lego yeah. set until very recently. Now yeah, it's, now it's in a smaller. Yeah, set. they make you pay for the porgs. <laughs> you got, I wanted got more porg in the movie than we got. Like the, the trailer made it seem like porgs were going to be like pretty significant in the movie, and then they were kind of like it was clearly just like, oh, we need the CGI of these penguins out of this island. So <laughs> okay, okay. Porgs. I'm just going to say I strongly disagree. The porgs are included in the the uh, the scene where Ray is learning about the nature of the Force. Their cycle of life and death is in the montage. But they get that. Actors. They get, oh, but that, the, think about this, that. I don't think, scream. I don't want like, no, see, I don't, I've, oh, I've contained oh, myself no. this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> no. Think about that I just want like 10, though. 15% more porg. I don't I'm want like a that. 50 to 30, I want like I'm just that, a little bit more porg. I 100% agree with you on more porgs, but to, to say that they weren't important. Yeah. Ugh. I thought maybe just Ugh. one moment in the Millennium Falcon in the third act where a porg actually just like like the way BB-8 in Force Awakens is able to like sort of in a simple way yeah. sort of help out slightly you know. Okay. Which is what I thought was going to happen because that scene yeah. in the trailer the porg is like ah and the right, right. like that well, I was like oh, we got the ship. Porgs. I mean yeah. why not just like let one of them connect a cable so yeah. that they can you know just something simple though that they're actually you know, Clark. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I got just the right amount of pork. <laughs> Don't need it. Here's the thing. Like, are, is it like, are they uh, in the world? Of, like, we love them, but do, do does anyone in Star Wars actually like them? I think, well, we like, know Chewie does, but, Chewie, but, but he's like, Right, exactly. Uh, like, everyone's just kind of enduring porks in the movie. They're like, they've infested the Millennium Falcon. They're like they're, the triples of Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. They're going to have to, like, sweep them out of that ship at some point because there's no room for the, the entire resistance is now on the okay edit. so here's i, I, I want to move on because i could talk about porgs <laughs> forever so i'm going to say one last thing about okay. porgs and we're yeah. going to move on to our next segment i think that we know that chewie does love the porgs because i think he could have cleared them off the falcon before if he wants yeah. they they're his little roaring buddies he roars with them and most importantly <laughs> in the wise words of general leia when ray says how are we going to build a, a resistance out of this and leia says we have everything we need there's a pork there <laughs> yeah. porgs are needed <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions. These are questions I ask all my guests on Obsessed. Uh, we'll start uh, with Riley and go around. Riley, do you think about The Last Jedi every day? Yes, I still do. Okay, just because yeah. it's so complex. Yeah. And you're still processing and discussing online? I'm not as much because people moved on to the solo trailer and stuff like that. But I, <laughs> okay. do, I still think about it every day. Okay, cool. Because I just, I really, yeah, there's a lot going on. And also I have a huge, I also have, a huge, I have like on my lock screen on my phone, I have Leia and Holdo in an embrace. So I, <laughs> yeah, that also helps. Every time I open my phone, I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Fair enough. Clark, do you think about it every day? No. <laughs> and that's fine. But I do think about the reaction to uh, specifically the, the humor in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, I think about that a lot. Uh, in terms of the bigger picture of like entertainment and why some people really were not cool with it, and and uh, and I that, that is that is still very very interesting to me. And are you waiting uh, as a a fan of film and a person who covers film? Are you waiting to see that sort of battle of what style of humor belongs in a blockbuster? 
Develop? I, I just I just am more interested in the idea like is it Star Wars appropriate or is it not? Oh, okay. Uh, is it, that's what I've heard more of. Like you know, because the argument is, oh well, the the can you hear me now joke is just like in A New Hope when Han is, you know, we're fine. How are you? Yeah. Uh, and then some people say, no, it's not that. This is like Spaceballs or SNL, and it's like okay, whatever. <laughs> but I just I really am really I do think that's interesting, but I don't listen think about okay. it every day. Cool. If anybody wants to go super deep on that, I did an episode of my four. Center uh, a podcast, uh, Star Wars Counseling, about the comedy of Last Jedi. Because, oh, oh, I'm mm. so fascinated with it. Uh, it's a deep, deep subject. Yeah. Like every, like everything in the Last Jedi, <laughs> you could go off. You could do full series on the. Yeah. Jedi. Do you think about it every day, still, Matt? I don't. Um, although it's it's kind of surrounds me like the Force. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it binds you and penetrates. Yeah, you. Uh, because there's you know stuff in my house, like the uh, mostly my kids stuff. But I, I think I'm actually reaching a point where. It's actually healthier for me to not be thinking about every day, like two months later or yeah. whatever it's been. Um, that's where I'm landing on it is like I need to remember, like not to put so much stock in everything uh, Star Wars as it comes out. Because this is going to, they're going to be coming out probably multiple times a year for yeah. the rest of our lives. <laughs> like I need to like, like kind of get a grip about it a little bit. But yeah, it's, it's, um, <clears throat> it's also like a good lesson in like, um, I don't think I can like what this movie taught me really and I know that's not what you asked me but I feel that's like it's fine. important to say like I can't expect the first viewing of any Star Wars movie to really like be <clears throat> like I, I have to watch it once to like absorb what it is and then watch it like knowing what it is to like figure out like how I feel about it which I'm not used to yeah. doing with movies because like I, I spent many years as a script reader in Hollywood and, and so I'm very used to breaking down stories and, and like just being able to get it like once right. and they just get it very quickly. And, but with star Wars, so much of my emotions are tied up in it that I can't do it that way because I have huge expectations, like such deep and complicated expectations and what, and rules in my own mind of like yeah. what is and isn't star Wars. And I just have to learn to like, <clears throat> like that's not necessarily, there's never going to be a movie that perfectly fits my very right. <laughs> rigid set of rules. So I just have to like watch it and then, uh, and then go back and figure out, like, does this work on its own? And that, that's like you were saying about the humor. I think that's the humor is I think it is different than any other Star Wars movie, but that's OK. Yeah. You know, like, it doesn't have to be the same. It's better that it's not the same. Yeah. Um, it has to evolve. So. Yeah. I like also, that it's, the humor comes from the characters themselves. So it's like, of right. course, Poe's sense of humor is not going to be the same as even Han's sense of humor, right. but it's similar. So yeah. like, it's okay if the movie's humor changes, if the characters change and the humor is coming from those characters. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Uh, all right. So next, how obsessed are you question? If the only way you could ever watch The Last Jedi again was to steal a copy from Walmart, would you do it? Uh, I wouldn't go into a Walmart, so um, I had to go into I had to go into one for work recently, and it's a new Walmart. And I walked into it, and it still felt like I'm like, how is this this filthy and like just decrepit? When it, it, I saw it being built last year, so do you, do you think they build it that way? Do they is that oh, yeah, the final thing? They come in with some sadness, and yeah, I think I think someone around? comes in with some sand, and they get it everywhere. Uh, it's coarse, and it's uh, yeah. So I think I think that would be the hard. It'd be the stealing it from Walmart element. I, like if I would not mind, but the yeah. going physically, in, if I could hire a team to send off to I was go into say, Walmart, maybe like a Rogue One type team, yeah. where you're kind of running stuff from a command center. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'll be, I'll be like a point person on that. Yeah, I'll be the, the Avril Radish of the Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I will blow open the, the gates. You can get out of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Clark? Would you steal it from um, Walmart? Do I get away with it? Yeah, you're. I, you know, of of all the people that I know, I believe that you could plan and execute a heist. Mm. 
Well, I'll take that. That's a nice compliment. <laughs> uh, if I'll get away with it, then sure. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, okay. <laughs> Disney's fine. So yeah. is Walmart. <laughs> All right, Matt. Yeah, nobody gets hurt in this. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I would. Um, I, I have to be honest. I think it would be as much just to build on what Riley was saying. It would be as much to hurt Walmart as it would be to see <laughs> The Last Jedi again. <laughs> like, like that's, uh, that would be part of the uh, the mission, like yeah. definitely. But I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've seen it twice, but I definitely feel like I can't. I have to see it again. Yeah. in my life, it's gonna be. It would be crazy to not watch it again. As much as these how obsessed are you questions are about diagnostics for obsession levels, I am really learning that the whole world is obsessed with screwing over Walmart. <laughs> Very weird. Very weird. Uh, would you buy and wear pajama pants with a big picture of Captain Phasma? On yes. You? Okay. <laughs> sure. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Easily. I have actually done this, it, so I wanted it, to. It, <laughs> if you have a line on those. Uh, they're at Target, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Are uh, they, like, uh, fleecy warm, or are they, like, thin? They're pretty, they're pretty light. They, okay, they, I've worn them in both California and Minnesota and enjoy the experience in both locations. Right. If that's not an endorsement, both temperatures. I don't know what is. Yeah. I would also buy a pair that were just, like, promo photos of Grinnell and Christie. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I wish shots. all merchandise came like that, of, like, you could buy... The- <laughs> This big picture of Captain America or just Chris Evans. Yeah. Take your pick. <laughs> uh, all right. Would you have a The Last Jedi themed birthday party? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it would probably end up being a Star Wars themed party for most people, but I would yeah. definitely be, I'd be like, yeah, you can't come as, as Leia in any other movie. You have to come as General Leia in the dark the, with the mask and everything. Yeah. The, the well, that, that's the question. You, yeah. th- th- and that is the question. Not a Star Wars party. Yeah. But like The Last Jedi, you have to in some way embrace this film to come. Yeah, I would dye my hair purple and I would to- and put like a metal halo over my head and I would go to town with that. Okay. And would you, uh, would you kick people out if they didn't come in some way honoring The Last Jedi specifically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I nice. protect the things I love. <laughs> Clark? Um, is this a situation where Disney's like, hey, Clark, uh, we want to throw you a birthday party. <laughs> and, and it's Last Jedi theme. Those are the rules. I would be like, totally, cool. Yeah. But I don't see myself planning a party and saying, you know what? I think this is going to be Last Jedi theme. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone has okay. to do all the work in my scenario, too. Yeah, I you're, not, you're not hitting the party city. Yeah. Right. Like the well, weird Riley did this. <laughs> Riley, Riley drilled down to part, a part of the movie that you... Love, which is Holdo. So yeah. a part of the movie that you loved is the uh, uh, thematic elements that connected it to our own struggles sure. with connection via internet and yes. all that. So would you have a <laughs> Last Jedi's thematic uh, resonance with the internet party? Uh, so would the whole party be like, no one can talk to each other in person, they have to text each yeah, other? Yeah, I was about, about like, to well, say, I feel like that's real life. I feel like I feel like that's every out. day. Just the real issue, the struggle from The Last Jedi is playing out every day, so I'm all set. I like it, though, that everyone would have to come dressed as Rey or Kylo, and then it's your birthday, so you would be dressed as Snoke in the corner. Yes, <laughs> Oh my god, in that robe. Yeah. And a, with a throne. Yeah, it'd be great. A few, a few of your best friends would have like red outfits and they'd be yes. all around you. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Oh, honestly, yeah. Now I'm on board with this party because like I was thinking like, oh, like I don't want to have to show up like shirtless but with the high waisted pants. It's like the only Kylo you're allowed to be at there this are, party. There are other characters in the movie. <laughs> I re- well, but, but for that specific part of oh, it, that's I was fair. like, oh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah, if I could be a, a like a Praetorian guard. Oh yeah. They're so awesome. awesome. Cool. All right. So yeah. you, would you have a if your daughter said, I want to have a Last Jedi specific party. Oh, yeah. I mean, in a heartbeat, if if one of my kids wanted that, then great. 
But um, but I don't know. For me, I don't know that I would do it for myself. But I am getting very excited about a throne room theme park. <laughs> like, that is like I think when you say it's too big and and right. complicated to encompass, like for one party to encompass everything that okay. that movie yeah 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 has in it. But if you just say yeah. Throne room, boom, or Kando bite. I mean, I know people hate that sequence, yeah. but that's a pretty good setting for for a party. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you want to dress like a leprechaun, <laughs> you're totally <laughs> cool. Dabuske, I believe you is the character's name. Animal in the corner, you can totally do that. Yeah, Get some uh, kangaroo-faced horses in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you got some fun. Your hate, so it's a good Last Jedi uh, podcast. Uh, all right, would you watch the Last Jedi in the theater if a large growling bear was sitting next to you, Riley? <laughs> I feel like my tradition on this show is to always make the joke that we're in Los Angeles, so that happened anyway. <laughs> tradition accomplished. Yeah. Uh, it's a good joke. Um, I did basically have that when I saw, this is not a Star Wars thing, but when I saw the last Thor movie, there was like a really like large hairy dude next to me who kept like te- checking his phone and like making noises. During, oh, wow. ruined the movie for me. I, I still haven't seen yeah. it again because like everyone loved that movie. I'm like, ah, it was good. But I I think my experience was spoiled by the guy next to me being like, rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> Was he really making like bear-like noises when basically, he he was like grunting about his phone, and I was like, "Just leave! Like, what are you doing?" This question is a little too real for you. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah, it's thanks terrible. for bringing up a traumatic experience. Uh, now we have to deal with the like reality of what a bear. Like, I was thinking, <laughs> "Oh, that's fine, I'd do it," but now I'm like, "Wait a minute, that sounds awful." Yeah. No, I, so all right, uh, uh, Clark, a physical animal bear, right, uh, is there? You don't know. You, you don't know why. This is my tradition as well, but I would bring in some salmon <laughs> and throw it, and so yeah. distract him, and you know, the bear goes, ooh, salmon, my favorite. And when I throw it, <laughs> it goes over there, and then I get to enjoy my popcorn. Okay. That is the okay. question. Is the bear restrained in any way, or is the bear just hanging out in the theater and free to roam during I the think movie? my answer is going to help you with that. Okay. Which is, yeah. I would totally do it, because this movie came out in the winter. Bears are hybrid. <laughs> ah! Nice and quiet. He's just snoozing That's next yeah. to you. It's kind of comforting. You can just Smart. pet him if you want to. Or so it's growling to itself. It's great. It's fine. Yeah, I don't mind. All right, all right. Okay, we'll give give lots of thoughts to how you feel about bears mm-hmm. because I'm not going to stop asking about them, <laughs> oh, and we'll, we'll be doing this again for solo. So <laughs> get ready. Here's the final: How obsessed are you? Question: If every time you watch the Last Jedi, you had to be connected through the Force to someone you don't like, would you still watch the Last <laughs> Jedi? Riley, do they have their shirt on? Yeah, yeah. I think that's then fair. yes. Okay. So it, it so you see you're seeing them or you're just feeling their presence. You're seeing them like they're on their couch and they're right next to you. <laughs> okay, so like and, they're in your peripheral vision. Yeah, but they How could do, talk to you because you're suddenly like connected. Are they enjoying the movie or are they like shit talking it the whole time? Well, it's oh, someone you question. don't like. I, but that someone I don't like is still have the same taste in the movie that I do. Can you like, pick yeah. the person? Yeah, okay. you can ma- imagine so in your mind someone, someone you don't, you like, don't that like also like <laughs> yeah. the Last Jedi. Okay, it's kind of a complicated <laughs> task, but yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so that would not stop you from from watching. As long as it wasn't somebody who was like being a dick about the movie or about me the, during the movie. Like, if we could both be like, I, look, I don't, I'm not happy that you're here either, but I want to watch the movie, so let's just deal with this. And okay, like, it might be a Excellent. healing moment okay, for yeah. this person. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, healing or emotional avoidance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clark, how about you? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I'm not trying to spend time with people I don't like, and so if that means that I I have to close my eyes and remember the Last Jedi, like I can do that. Yeah, fair is it enough. fair to say you're too blessed to be stressed? <laughs> you you could say you could say that you could say that. All right, Matt. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Riley. I think that's uh, I think that's 
that's manageable. Do you feel like you have in your your uh, your Rolodex of life a person that like I really don't like that person, but at least they like the Last Jedi. You I can would, find that person. I'm I'm actually this is weird. I'm having a hard time thinking of someone I don't someone I don't like. That's I mean, great. So, there's definitely people who don't like me, but that's not the same thing. <laughs> well, I feel like the reason that I said no is because I can picture someone in particular that I don't mm, like right. who was talking shit about This Is Us, which is a show that I very much enjoy, oh, and oh, this person yes. hadn't even seen the show. Oh, I hate and we were at the Super Bowl party and they were being real negative Nancy's about it. And I was like, <laughs> this is insufferable. Like, I don't ever want to be in the same place mm-hmm. with. And this is something that I just said that I love. And you're being a dick about it. Yeah. So I, why would I? So that's why I am like, because I can right, picture yeah, someone right. in my mind. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I have yeah. a very strong don't yuck my yum policy. And that would, that would drive me crazy too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would bug me if I was trying to watch The Last Jedi and somebody was complaining about This Is Us. Like, way <laughs> off topic, <laughs> asshole. Yeah, get it yeah. together. What is the connection? Is there any cast I overlap? I can't think of one. <laughs> there uh, should be. All right, I always make people... Well, at- Ron Howard was in This Is Us and he's directing Solo, so that's there close. There you go. Oh, that's so yeah. good. Maybe yeah. he has a cameo. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Six degrees of Ron Howard <laughs> master, Matt Belknap. <laughs> that's what he used to read scripts for. See, it all comes from... Uh-huh. Comes together. Yeah. Yeah. Is Ron Howard in this script? Uh, I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. Uh, I'll start with Clark. Clark, what noise can you make to sum up your level? Uh, and you, you are a fan of films in general, so you like this film. You're just not super obsessive about it. I'm not super obsessive about it, but I would say the sound that I would make to summarize my feelings is, mm-hmm. Because <laughs> there was a lot of head shaking for me going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's uh, great. When I was watching both times. I really relate to that one because that's how I felt by the end. Yeah. You know, when Luke has his great speech about everything you said is wrong, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I will not be the last Jedi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Riley, how about you? Mine would be a moment of silence because I'm so, like, it's that scene where Holdo shoots the hyperspace oh, ship and it's so yeah. quiet and it's not just because of like reverence that scene but like the movie is so complicated and there's so much time you have to spend thinking about it that i think that's like the complete silence of that moment to me represents how much it's it's such a departure from what you're used to in star wars movie that yeah like, it just for me that sums up the entire like it, wow I, I had to sit with this right now yeah that's a great answer to the general uh, obsession noise of like i'll actually take a second to think about it it's pretty awesome nice. uh matt how about you what's your noise my noise is <laughs> which is that is the sound of a foot scraping across the sand uh, flat. Nice. and and here's the thing I'm, I'm gonna get really like uh convoluted on this but i feel like the first time i watched the movie i was like kylo ren i was like it was rough and like oh, resistant yeah. and difficult and then i was able to get to the luke skywalker place of just being there but, but without that, without, <laughs> without that grind, yeah, without nice. the grit, yeah. So That's it's like I, I feel like uh, that was my experience with it overall. That is so awesome. maybe it's that <laughs> with a little aftertaste of the the silence, silence. <laughs> that Riley <laughs> mentioned. Yeah. So <laughs> silence, then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so our overall noises those are great uh, I have now been asking people to rate their obsession themselves Ooh. I used to rate people's obsessions but I've been getting more interesting uh, answers out of having people do it themselves so on a scale of 1 1 being the lowest uh, to 327 out of 1 to 327 porks because they are infectious uh-huh. uh, uh, how, where would you put yourself between 1 and 327 porks on your obsession level Matt are you uh, yeah um 
God, I mean, I did, like, you, you asked before if, if I'm still thinking about it every day. I'm not, but I was thinking about almost nothing else for, like, <laughs> a month almost. Okay. So I think I got to go, like, 288. Okay, nice, yeah. nice. That's yeah. a lot of porks. <laughs> that is. I, I feel like... um you know, as we've been having this discussion, I really like talking about this movie and I like listening to people talk about it because I feel like people's reactions are so fascinating to this one in particular. Yeah. Um, and and just because I don't think about it every day, there there are things like we mentioned the comedy, but also there's in the throne room scene when, like, when it's about to happen, Ryan Johnson cuts away. He cuts to people in airplanes or whatever so that you call them in Star Wars universe. Yeah. And I that cut I have thought about so much. <laughs> I'm yeah. not kidding. Like I have leg- I if I ever meet Ryan Johnson and and we're, he's cool like here he's lovely but and we're cool like I'm going to ask him why did you do that? Yeah. Why did you cut away and break that tension? I don't understand. Like and <laughs> and so I say that to say I am obsessed with that. Like okay, I am legit yeah. obsessed with that cut. Okay. Uh, and so, but I think two eighty eight is a good number. I I I'm gonna second that one because that's like spot. It's like course. about where I was gonna go. Okay. All right. Uh, Riley. It's funny because I didn't know that was one of the new parts of this, and I'm always usually disappointed that you usually rate me as a lower obsession than I think I deserve. <laughs> <laughs> but now that I have to do it myself, I think I might. Even though I think about it every day. I think that I might have to go lower than 288 because I do think about it every day, but I also, I will admit that I'm currently a little bit more distracted by some other things. Like, yeah. I'm, I, you know, Joseph and I are going to be, probably after this drops, but well, it won't matter, but uh, we're going to be at the Doctor Who convention next week. And so I'm very, I've been very focused You're in the on Doctor my- Doctor Who space. Yeah, yeah. And I've been very focused on building 13 Doctor cosplays for that. And uh, I just saw a movie with Lena Hall yesterday. So I've been playing a lot of Lena Hall music on my Spotify. <laughs> so that's been happening a lot. So I, I think as much as I, and also tonight in real time is the airing of the Discovery finale. And I'm super stoked for that. So I think unfortunately, like, as much as I love this movie, it is not taking over other things in my head that I also have fandoms for anymore. Yeah. It did when it first came out. I definitely had a few days where I was like very into it. Okay. But is that an obsession or is that just I liked this movie that I saw and loved it and I thought about it a lot? I think I it's a it. spectrum of obsession, which yeah. like which I really want the podcast to be. Not just like I would kill everyone I know for this level yeah. of obsession, but So I am gonna put myself at a let's say a two thirty seven. Two thirty seven pork. Ooh, room two three seven. That's great. That's great. Like if if I I can't be higher than you though because I definitely feel like you're more obsessed with it than I am. Maybe, but I I think my maybe (laughs) now I have to adjust mine. (laughs) I got to like two twenty six or something. Yeah. And the Porg questions <laughs> go on. I called the. I meant to say but the Porgs were invasive. Does that make you yes, feel better? Yes, right. perfect. 289, right. Uh, I mean, I think maybe I went too high. Like yeah. that's, that's, what, that's the thing. You guys went so high. Like, yeah. oh God, I don't think I can go that high. But, but you're right. Like, I think I can uh, like today, uh, today, I'm not 280. Yeah. But I think overall. Yeah. Like, if you were asking me the same question the week after I saw it, after I saw it the second time, I would have been well over 300. But yeah. now that it's been a month later, right. the fact that I didn't go see yesterday when I had the chance to prepare for this podcast, and instead I went and saw a Lena Hall lesbian movie, like that is why I'm like not putting myself over 300. Okay. That's a good point because I was definitely thinking about going to see it last night too in preparation for this and I, instead I watched Phantom Thread. So it, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's complicated, guys. <laughs> I, I'll give myself 322. 
two porks. Ooh. I'm way higher. That's yeah, you yeah. also recorded yeah. hours and hours. I of do. Podcasts yeah, it's, it's, it's a big part of my life right now. But I think it's a very interesting conversation. Of that's part of pop yeah. culture. We if only these have time saw for so your much. Table right now of uh-huh. your Last Jedi specific Last Jedi oh. toy lineup. I yes, think they, would, yeah. they are invasive like porgs. These Star Wars toys <laughs> yeah. in my home. All right, so we're going to move on to some plugs. Uh, Matt, we'll start with you. What would you like mm-hmm. to plug? Where can people find you on social media? And all that? Uh, I'm at Matt Belknap, uh, K, silent K, B-E-L-K-N-A-P, if you care to spell it out. Um, <laughs> I do. I'm also uh, on Never Not Funny every week. Uh, that's on the Earwolf Network. Uh, it's also on Twitter, at Never Not Funny. And our big annual uh, charity fundraiser for uh, Smile Train is coming up on March 3rd. It's streaming live at NeverNotFunny.com from noon to midnight on March wow. 3rd, uh, noon to midnight Pacific time. Uh, raising money for Smile Train. Tons of amazing guests are going to be on there. Uh, we have a lot of uh, fans, uh, friends of the show that we bring out every year, and uh, people seem to enjoy it. So check that awesome. out. Awesome. Awesome. Third. Clark? Uh, you can find me. I'm uh, producing and hosting the Sending the Wolf podcast, and uh, that's where my guest picks any movie off of any AFI list, Ooh. and we talk about it. And then uh, they pick a movie that's not on the list that they would add, and we talk about it. And it's really fun. And we have done one on A New Hope. Jen Yamato from the LA Times uh, did that episode with me, and there is a Patreon exclusive episode uh, where we dive into The Last Jedi. Uh, so that's really fun. So you can find me on the internet at Clark Wolf, Clark with an E, Wolf with an E, and the podcast. Uh, which is, as the time of our recording, 10 episodes deep, uh, is uh, available on, on Stitcher and iTunes and, um, and Google Play Music and all those fun <laughs> things. Awesome. Riley? You can find me on Twitter at Riley J. Silverman, and I'm on like Instagram, Facebook is Riley Silverman. Um, Podcast-wise, I am the head writer for a show on, interna- on the Maximum Fun Network called International Waters. It's a panel show that pits uh, American and British comedians against each other, mm-hmm. and it's like a pop culture trivia show. Uh, it's really fun. And then I'm also a writer for the Sci-Fi Fangirls Vertical um, on the Sci-Fi website. So it's the kind of like feminist sleeve of Sci-Fi Wire. Nice. Awesome. Here's some quick plugs uh, for this show, and then we will have our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. It's at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast that I keep mentioning, Force Center, for info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, one of which is about Star Wars. You can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to our monthly patron-only bonus episode where my wife Sarah and I talk about something we are obsessed with in the moment. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash Scrimshaw. All right, final questions. Matt, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. For a weird final question. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I will take the bullet on this one. This yeah. is fine. Yeah, go. Which superpower would you rather have, physical invulnerability or emotional invulnerability? <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> I'm just so used to being emotionally vulnerable. <laughs> I feel like I can handle that. Like, So I'm going right. to go physical invulnerability. All right. Like, yeah. That'd be, that'd be fun. Would you really explore it? Would you just be like happy knowing like if I happen to get hit by a car no big or would you go be like, yeah, I'm going to jump off a building and see yeah. just like it doesn't hurt. The, I mean, the first thing I would do is just jaywalk constantly and <laughs> wait for people to smash into me because that's like a fantasy of mine anyway. It's just like, but but usually in a car, like when people do something wrong in a car, I just want to smash them. Yeah. And so like out in the street when they're being jerks yeah. and, and you're just on foot. Oh, I'm glad that you added they were being jerks. So I'm like, I mean, you're oh, like, no, no, not just screw, screw, yeah. screw everybody's car. <laughs> screw them all. Yeah, I know. I'm not like, I'm not like ter- the Terminator just like blowing everything up for no reason. <laughs> Like, I, yeah, no, I, I'm, it, there's, there's justice involved, believe me. <laughs> there's a lot of bad drivers need to learn a lesson. <laughs> Matt Belknap, car puncher. And my shin is going to be <laughs> the teacher today. Nice. Uh, Riley, if there was a lavish Broadway musical about your life, what might it be called? 
fake geek girl. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you thought about this previously uh, i'm writing a book called that so it makes okay. sense okay excellent uh clark if you could burn a word or phrase into the moon what might it be oh what a great question if i could burn a word or phrase into the moon <laughs> oh that's man really that's, that's such a, a good that's one. one that's complicated it is it's really complicated i'm trying would to... it be this is us <laughs> it would be this is us Tuesdays at nine o'clock. No, it would be uh, okay. It would be there's a country music artist. Her name is Casey Musgraves, and I love her a lot. And uh, she has a lyric where she says, "I'd rather lose for what I am than win for what I ain't." Oh, and wow. uh, I think that's I think I think that it's kind of like Rose's thing. It's kind of like the say what you love and not destroy what you hate. Right, right. Yeah. So I think that uh, if everybody in the world looked up and saw like. Like, you know, be yourself and, and, you know, whether you win or whether it's good or bad, you know, just own it yeah. for who you are. I think the world would be a better place. I really like, I like that. that. I think it's a it's a beautiful sentiment, and I like that you pick something that's slightly longer, so people have to get out their yeah, telescope to be to like, read. if you <laughs> uh, 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 damn moon, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, the final question for everyone on the podcast, and you guys have all done the podcast a bunch, is what is happiness? So, do I have a volunteer who feels in the mood to answer the question, "What is happiness"? I mean, I think this this movie we've been talking about for 90 minutes taught, taught us what happiness is. Happiness is a warm pork. <laughs> Perfect answer. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. And now, three pork impressions. <laughs>